the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. The world's best subscription apps use RevenueCat to power in-app purchases, manage customer data, and grow revenue on iOS, Android, and the web. With RevenueCat, I can easily see my most important metrics. What are those? That's install the trial, trial the paid, and LTV. And now they have a new paywall feature that's going to make it easy for you to build high converting paywalls and more importantly, A-B tests without needing a new build. Learn more at RevenueCat.com. That, once again, is RevenueCat.com. Notix is an audience re-engagement service based on web and in-app push notifications that work for both desktop and mobile devices. With Notix, website, app owners, and marketers can share their content and interact with their audiences in a highly engaging channel while still having the opportunity to monetize both mobile and web subscribers. Learn more by visiting notix.co. That is N-O-T-I-X dot C-O. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, and welcome to our weekly YouTube live streams where we really break down what's working, no fluff, in the app space today to help you make more money and more downloads. And today I've got a phenomenal guest who's got a super app. It's going to help you. It's a fintech app. Let me read the full full description. Super.com, great domain name, is a fintech and e-commerce company that offers an app that enables consumers to earn, save, and build credit. Companies trusted by over 7 million customers, helping them save over $200 million to date. We can get some updated numbers. And they're backed by Steph Curry. Yo, I'm in the Bay Area, so I'm pretty excited about that. But without further ado, we're going to get into some of the things we'll be talking about why you should eat your own dog food, maybe use your own app, and then why it might be better to send people to the website versus the app itself. So without further ado, let's bring in Radhika. It's two billion. I didn't. I didn't get my team to change everything, so it's two billion now. We can say that, and that's good enough. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I've got the website pulled up as well. But talk to me a little. Did I do a good job explaining Super.com? You did a fantastic job explaining Super.com. What I'm most excited about about the product, other than the company's size and scale, is the idea that we really work to help every American earn money, save money, and build credit. And we do it in a way that is meant to be fun and meant to help you experience life and get the most out of it. Yeah, I like it. And And as you can see from our wonderful website. Beautiful website. And I know I've talked to a lot of different people from other like countries and stuff. And they're like, the idea of a super app is pretty popular in other countries, just maybe not in the US. And so a super app really is like, an all-in-one solution to everything. I am clearly going to put my computer on mute now. (laughs) (laughs) So you win some, you lose some. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually really true. So in the U S the idea of a super app hasn't really taken off the way it has in other 
countries. And in fact, the term super app is not even really a consumer term. It's very much an industry term, but I gotta, I gotta give it to the co-founder and CEO of our company. His name is Hussein Faisal. And he has this amazing medium post that basically talks about his prediction that in the U S super apps will take off, but they will be theme based. And he goes through in his blog posts, six core principles of how a theme based super app might come to life. But I really do believe in his vision that super.com is building this theme based super app that's all about financial inclusion and helping you earn, save, and build credit. Yeah. And I know one of the things we want to talk about was why you should probably test having you sending users to your website versus just sending them straight to the app. Yeah. You, you should probably do that. And in fact, that's actually generally accepted practice in almost every company I've ever worked at. The one exception I would say is Pfizer, where I had the opportunity to be an ADHD medication brand manager. And you, oh, wow. you don't test the you don't test the medicine, but you test all of the wraparound services around the medicine. So whether it is a technology company or whether it is a physical product company, in every best in class scenario that I can imagine, as the folks making the product, marketing the product on the f- front lines of an operation team understanding what it's like to use the product end-to-end is so critical. And we do that at super.com in three very distinct ways. Number one, we have like a SWAT team whose job is focused on really understanding that end-to-end customer experience. We call them a mission-aligned team, and it's managed cross-functionally by marketing, product, and operations. And that team is continually using the product, which we call dogfooding, mystery shopping the product in different ways and identifying improvement opportunities across all three functions because all three functions really touch the customer and their experience. And they're importantly also as part of this mission aligned team or SWAT team, another of their goals is to really figure out how do we measure various points throughout the customer experience and the end to end experience? How do we benchmark where we should be? And then how do we make sure we're meeting or exceeding benchmarks? So that's one way we do this really well. We have a mission aligned team or a SWAT team that's really focused on this. A second thing we do is we have a really great research function. So we have both market research and user research. And then in addition, we take the data that comes out of those two functions and we marry it with existing customer data because we have a great data analytics team. And we use that data to really try to parse through ways that we can understand how to improve our product, whether it's the marketing portion, whether it's the operations portion, or whether it's the digital product itself. And then the last thing I'll say that we do, and this is a lovely portion of our website, the last thing I'll say that we do is once a year, we take our we take our whole company's time. We've got 270 folks in the company. So we, we take a lot of people's time. And that by the way, we value each person's every minute because we know how precious it is, precious it is, but we take their time to do a whole company exercise to better understand who our customers are. Sometimes we do it in person, like we did last year. Sometimes we do it virtually, like we did this year. And we take a couple of hours to either help them understand the context in which our products are used. So what is the customer's life really like on a day-to-day basis? Because the reality is the context matters just as much as the product. Or we actually literally go through the act of using our product. And and we can talk about either one of those scenarios and, and how important and impactful that is. Yeah. No, I mean, the talk to me, let's, let's go on that. And then we'll come back to the website stuff and what, what are you guys found to be like, you know, driving people, but like, what is it 
you would almost assume that people are using the app because you work for the company, but what is the primary goal? Do you guys set off to be like, Hey, these are the three things we want to really discover, or is it broad and just say, use the app and let us know what you think. Yeah. So it's more, it's more specific and focused than you might think. So I'll talk to you a little bit about the last two kind of whole company exercises we've done. The first one we did was last year in person in Las Vegas. So we were all at our whole company offsite. This is like 200 or so folks in Las Vegas. You know, a lot of folks in the company have grown up with various backgrounds. They, They live in various living income situations today, but not every single one of us knows what it's like to be a member of our design target. Our design mm-hmm. target tends to be uh, someone with sort of slightly lower than average income in the U.S. market, lower credit score. And, you know, I'll, I'll be the first person to admit I haven't been in that design target in quite a few years, certainly not right. in any portion of my adult life. I did not struggle to build credit. And so what we wanted to make sure that everyone in the company understood is, well, what is it like to be in that situation? And how is it different from the way some of us, not all of us, might live today? So we took the opportunity to give, to break folks in the company up in small teams, yep. gave them paper checks. And we said, hey, go to the check casher and cash a check. Walk to the local Walmart. Remember, it's Las Vegas. It was August. It was like 100 degrees. Walk <laughs> to Walmart, buy groceries for your family of three, I believe, was the assignment. Right. Cash. And just see what that's like. And there were a number of other assignments associated with that. Just see what it's like to to live in a way that's slightly different than you might live today. And the importance of that is understanding the context of a customer's life is so critical to understanding how a product does or doesn't, by the way, contribute in a positive way to that person's life. This year, we switched focus and we said, okay, we actually want you to use the product, book a hotel. For some folks, go check into a hotel. For some folks who are able to use our super pay card, which is our charge card to pay for that. And then go and sort of see what that experience is like. Is the hotel great? Oh, by the way, we gave you a budget constraint, which was sort of around the average budget of many of our customers that are spending on our platform. And we said, hey, like, go go for it. See what that experience is like. Do you like the hotel? What's the check-in experience? What do the sheets look like? All the things you would do when you go check into a hotel yourself. But many of us don't have that same budget constraint. What's so interesting for us from that perspective is you're absolutely right. Like we use the product ourselves because we work at the company. And by the way, like it's objectively good. So it helps us as consumers. But (laughs) when I use the product, like the the online travel portion of the product, for example, I book a hotel room. I arrive at the hotel. Once I arrive at the hotel, I know as like as a person that works in the company that our company doesn't control that part of the experience. So if it doesn't go perfectly... I don't naturally like ding my own company for that. I know it's disconnected. I know I don't own that portion of the experience. I know if the sheets aren't clean, that's actually like super doc does not make the hotel sheets. So like we can't control that. But for a customer, their perspective is the end to end experience. I got it on super.com if they remember who they booked the hotel with. So the perspective is really different. And then if I layer on the perspective of the consumer's life experience at that time, Maybe this is my vacation that I'm booking that's nearby because I want to take my kids to a swimming pool. That was, by the way, something we did as kids. Like our vacation was like going somewhere for the weekend that was five miles away with the swimming pool. <laughs> Layering on then the context, which we'd spent some time really learning about before, really helps you understand how the end-to-end product, the marketing of the product, how you become aware of it, the booking process, how you use the digital product, 
how the operations or the customer service might work. It really gives you the context for what consumers are thinking. And by the way, it helps you surface a bunch of improvement opportunities because we all have a long way to go. I'm sure you got a lot of feedback from all of the, the users and your employees. How do you go about prioritizing which ones are the most important to tackle? Yeah. So uh, I'll say a couple things. Number one, as a business, I think we're pretty good at trying to incentivize folks to continually use the product. So to your point earlier, we are all always using various facets of the product and we have Slack channels to sort of escalate various feedback, pieces of feedback to our operations team or to others. So that's actually like, like something really nice in the company's DNA that I really appreciate. I, I will say not every company is so aggressive about that. And I, I think that's actually really important. Your question though, was like, how do you prioritize ways to focus when you come out of that? And I, I'd say a couple of things. Number one, we really think about what can make the most impact, quite frankly. Okay. You know, what are repeat issues we're seeing? Like if somebody is experiencing something firsthand, we essentially have data that helps us understand how often are those experiences coming up in our in our scaled customer base. So we like we know, right? Something is not is a one-off or something is a, you know, something that happens, I'm making this up 1% of the time, which is actually a very large volume of folks. So we, we really want to prioritize based on impact. We want to prioritize based on effort. Like what can we do fast to solve problems quickly? And the the and then I'd say the third thing is what really matters most to consumers? Because we have that robust two research teams and internal company data, we're really able to understand that criteria as well. So impact, effort, what matters? I love it. What, do you have an example of something that came out, like a new feature request or something you guys are working on from this exercise? Well, we just did this most recent exercise where we were using the product in September. Yeah. So there were a lot of pieces of feedback, as, as you know, that came out of it. And we're going through the process right now of prioritizing and then we'll, we'll move forward. But stay tuned on that one. I like that. I like that. Hey, I want to get back to a few things that the audience has questions. It's $2 billion from in-app purchases or what's that $2 billion number from? Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's, it's $2 billion of transaction on our platform. I like that. And then the Aravind says... Why do we have to use a super app when we have powerful phones to run a lot of the apps and each of the services are best at what they do, but a super app does everything, but not very good? Well, no, that's a fair question, right? And actually we asked that exact question in consumer research as we were thinking about adding more and more features and functionality and different products into our super, into our app, right? Because we didn't start as a super app. So fair question. I'd say a couple of things. Number one, what we learned from talking to consumers is a lot of them say, yeah, I've got a hundred apps on my phone that do exactly these things, but most of them aren't good. I'm so sorry. I should have started with, I live on the second floor of an apartment in New York city, one block from a fire station, one block from a police station and one block from a hospital. So you might hear some sounds. You're protected. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. So apologies if you can hear some noise, but so we did ask that question in research, as I was mentioning before. And folks said, yeah, I have a hundred apps on my phone and they do these, some of these things, but mm -hmm. those individual apps are not good. One of the reasons those individual apps are not good is I don't get enough out of each of them individually for them to essentially, consumers didn't use this language, so this is my language, earn their place on my phone. So mm -hmm. that was interesting. The second thing was consumers said, yeah, I have a hundred apps I can go to, but I don't want to, I want less, right? Doing everything all in one place is actually something that's valuable to me. Right. And the third thing I'll say is, 
God, I hope that the I, I hope that we're not going to qualify as a product that does a lot of things but doesn't do them well. I can understand why that could be a thing, but we work every day to make sure that's not a thing for our yeah. product. We know we have a long way to go, and we're going to continuously improve. But our goal is to provide real value. Yeah, I like it, and I like that you you have this super app where you can book travel. You know, you have a car that you can use with, but you started with helping people save more money and you started with the niche. And I always feel like that's the mistake that I see most app make because they have this grand vision, but they don't have a focus and you can always get to that grand vision. But like, you know, the analogy I like to use is like Facebook started at Harvard, you know, Uber was a very like limited black car. That's all they had. And so you started somewhere in the niche a little bit, and then you obviously started building on top of that. Yeah. And I'd say, you know, the company's seven years old, right? And for a good portion of that time, the company was a travel company that focused on helping people save money when booking travel. And what I love about the the co-founder's story and the team's story is, you know, when I was interviewing, essentially what they said is, hey, we asked our customers why they pay with debit card, right? That's a big majority. Mm-hmm. And I think it was something like 50% plus and you know, my 2021 memory is, is escaping me, but something like that big yeah. portion of people were paying with debit cards. And essentially what they learned is, oh, this group of folks doesn't have access to credit. Oh, we should go solve that problem. And from there, then there was an, a moment of, oh, big portion of people actually want to earn money. Right, right. So there's this idea that this company, I think uniquely from others, isn't built from a, we do this product and we do this thing. It is we serve this person, this human being, and we are going to do all the things they need from us to help them earn money, save money, and build credit. So it's built around a person as opposed to built around a particular product vertical. Well, Arvind did, says, has a question, says, do you think the website landing page matters for a mobile app? And to our other talk about sending people to the website versus yeah. the app, what do you think? Do you think we need a website? Well, I, mean, I was just telling Steve before we went live that I'm so proud of our creative team really and the many partners that we have worked with to build this website. So shout out to them. So I do think it matters because we have folks on our team who did invest time and energy and effort into it because it matters. Here's why. So yes, we're a mobile app, but we are also a company who in some ways is platform agnostic. We know that we have to earn the right to have space on someone's mobile phone, Right getting someone to download a mobile app is actually like a big, it's a big feat. We're asking permission to be constantly present in the device that's literally always in your hand or in your pocket or in your purse. And the way we want to ask that permission is not by saying download the app first, but it is rather by proving that we provide value to you in some way, shape or form through whatever platform you want to use, whether it's app or web. So you can access all of our earning opportunities, all of our savings opportunities, the ability to build credit through our pay product on our website. So having that website matters. And by the way, for online travel, it really matters. A lot of folks do book online travel on the website. A lot of folks are accessing our earning and savings opportunities on the website. When folks essentially open up a charge card account, they, they tend to do that. They tend to download the mobile app pretty quickly. But for other activities, People prefer to use a website in some cases, and we don't want to force you to make a commitment when you're still dating us, for lack of a better way of putting it. We don't want to tell you, you must be on, we must be on your phone first. So we prove value to you by letting you work with us, use our product on the web, 
And then we essentially through email, through SMS, through ad tiles in the product, then we ask you, once we know we've proven and earned our place on your phone, then we ask you to download the mobile app. So that's mm. a very long way of saying, yes, I think websites matter. By the way, that's why we're super invested in being super.com. I like it. One of my past guests, I think it was Joyce, if I could be wrong. So she she had 99 walks. She was the founder of 99 walks. And she said the same thing. Like she was like, look, we found that taking users, especially for a product. So Arvidon or I'm sorry, Ar- Arvind, I think it depends on the app, right? Like, and I think I wouldn't, me personally, moving forward, like we have seen actually SEO traffic be a good source of downloads for apps. So don't sleep on that. And that might give you, if you have the resources to build that, that might give you the opportunity to leverage SEO traffic to the app users. But she was saying the same exact thing where she was like, look, we want to earn their trust. And it's hard to explain everything in just app form because mm-hmm. people aren't going to read. But when you take them to the app, but it, you can't explain everything on the website. And that way they can look through all this stuff and get inspiration. They can see all this travel and discover pay rewards, all this stuff, and then build that trust. Like Radica said before actually using the app. And she sound, she said, look, we get way more revenues when we send people to the website versus taking them to the app. Yeah. And I think to that point, this is all about understanding consumer behavior, right? If yeah you naturally have a product where people tend to use a website as opposed to their phone, i.e. booking travel. Some people do that on their phone. Some people don't, right? So having the opportunity to offer both, I think is incredibly important. If you have a product like a charge card product, which is a fintech product, people naturally gravitate towards having and doing that in an app. Great. I'm glad we offer that as well for that customer. A lot of this is about meeting the customer where they are for what they want to do. Given that we're a super app, we offer all these things they can do. And we want to make sure that for every use case, we have the right platform for that. What kind of messaging? You said, okay, we take them to the website. Once they have, we have their trust via email, push, all this stuff. Like what type of messaging and what channel has performed the best in terms of taking that web user into an app user? Yeah. And so I'd say a couple of things. The the messaging of the messaging matters for the intent of the experience the customer is desiring. So for example, if someone booked travel at the point after they've booked travel and we've said, Hey, look how much money you've saved by booking travel through us. Then the next thing the customer wants, they want a booking confirmation. And we can say, Hey, manage your travel, manage your booking confirmation easier in the app, right? It's focused on the intent of the customer. If someone has opened our pay card, which is a a charge card, uh, which Mm -hmm. essentially enables you to use it as though you were using another credit card, but it's Mm -hmm. secure. The idea of managing your money in an app is great messaging and it makes sense to consumers. That's how they're used to interacting. And across the board, you know, doing this while they're in the digital product typically performs really well. And we're building up our capability to do this really well through email and SMS as well. I see. Are you using deep linking? What's the technology to take them from like an email to an app and you want to take them to the right spot? Yeah, that's right. Yep, that's absolutely right. So at the moment, we're... If, you know, if we're trying to push you to download the app, we're, we're linking you to actually download the app, which becomes most important. If we're asking you to perform an activity in the app, then that's a different kind of a, a different link or a different purpose. Okay. Do you have any favorite technology that you use for that other purpose? So I just got yesterday a download. Every single step it takes to send an email or an SMS and literally made a spreadsheet for it with, here's a step, here's how we do it. Here's the screenshot of how we do it. 
here are the challenges, which the point was to try to think through how to improve upon that. And I'd say right now we're in the building phase, right? So less than having a favorite technology, I'm more focused on how do we figure out how to make these channels, which are our own channels, right? We want to own our relationship with our customer. Most effective from the perspective of enabling us to have the right message for the right customer at the right time. And by the way, to do it in a way that's not super cumbersome for our team. So working on it. I like it. All right. I want to say hi to or easier. Give you a little bit of break. Nurex says, thank you, Nurex. Hello, Steve, bro. Always waiting for your live streams as people waiting for new seasons of favorite movies. Always getting helpful ideas and recommendations. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. David's here. Marwan. Mary is here too. And then Dame Jen. Dame Jen says, Damn Jen, I think I'm always, I'm screwing up all the names. Damn Jen says, I love the QR code on the website footer. So there you go. Amazing. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the audio is going to go. Omer said that his dogs bark every time they hear that bell. So that's for you, Omer. Do that. The Miguel says, how do you sleep with all these sirens? <laughs> yeah. So that's a challenge. We talk about that a lot. <laughs> But that's not solvable because we live here. Yeah. How, in terms of like, you know, when you're coming to this market and you're branding yourself as super.com, you might have to do some education around what the hell is super.com. Like when you have to do so much education, like how do you figure out, I don't know, like how do you figure out, yeah, how do you go break into a market when you do have to educate your users? Yeah. I mean, to your point, it's like, we're not called cheaphotels.com. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Or like hurtmoney.com. So I'll say a couple of things. Number one, that that's an intentional choice, right? As we were going through, we did rename our company in 2022. So October last year, almost exactly a year ago. And we very intentionally chose a name that evoked the emotion and the feeling we wanted people to have when using our products as a, and, and the way we wanted them to feel about themselves as opposed to the product itself. That also gives us license in the future to expand into other product opportunities or vertical. As I was saying before, the company's built around the customer and how we want them to feel, not around a particular vertical. So that's an intentional choice. But you're right. That intentional choice comes with challenges and <laughs> helping people understand what the hell a company called super.com does is a challenge. You know, what's so interesting about being a super app is the most impactful thing we can initially do to help people learn about what we do is meet them where they are. So if they are a customer coming in for travel, we're going to tell you we're a travel company. We have a product called Super Travel and it helps you save up to 60% on hotels. And here's how you can book really fast. If you are coming in for a cash advance, we're going to tell you, hey, we have a product to help you get up to $200. And here's how you can do that. If you're coming in for earning, et cetera, it's kind of the same thing. So mm. what we really focus on today is driving awareness and usage of the reason or the specific product you are coming to us for. At the end of the day, that's what's going to bring you in the door. It's also the most understandable message. So marketing the intent to someone who has intent is actually quite impactful. Over time, we will expand above and beyond that and start telling kind of the company or the whole sort of brand story. But for now, bringing users in and then explaining that once they're in the door and they love the products and they already have the app, the app on their phone, that's the moment at which we talk a little bit more broadly about what super.com is. Got it. So it's Damian. Damian. I apologize, my friend. Damian. All right. 
Aravind, <laughs> can you share anything about retention for your app? So I can't share sort of the private metrics for lack of a better way of putting it. Yeah. But what I can say is, is something that you may or may not find interesting. I hope you find it interesting. So we, though we have a super app that has all these different products, right? The ability to save money on travel, the ability to save money on everything you use the card for, the ability to earn money, cash advance, whatever. We don't expect people to use every one of those products. That's not our goal. We expect people to use two plus, and that's really important to us. And over time, we want that number to grow. But mm. you know, if we offer seven or eight kind of opportunities to earn money, save money, and build credit, we don't even have the goal that people will use all eight within a month. We want people to get the value they're, they're looking for in the moment. I like it. Can we talk about traffic sources and how are you acquiring these users, especially since you have so many different products from, yeah. how do you go about like figuring out which ones? Cause I hear this from a lot of clients too, Radica. It's like, you know, this is what we got and they have all these features. And I'm like, ah, I don't know who to target because it's almost everybody. Right. And then if you're something to, if you're trying to think, be like something to everyone, you're like, I forgot what the saying is, but you're nothing to yeah, no, yeah, what, yeah. something like that. You're, you're nothing to anyone or you don't do anything well. if you're trying right. To do right. So like, how do you guys go about like your getting users into the door? Yeah. So I'll say that this again, all comes down to the intent. If you can understand what the intent is of your user for a particular portion of the super app, whether it's travel, whether it's cash advance, whether it's the pay card, if you can understand when consumers have that intent to purchase that product and what channels they use in that moment, that's how we think about kind of acquiring users and bringing them into the super.com ecosystem. So as an example, you know, the consumer behavior of someone booking travel is, you know, you go to Google's, search engine response page and you say best hotel New York city. Uh, And you know, up pops either paid search advertisements or Google hotel ads, uh, which are those like listings on Google of various hotels that meet the criteria. And yeah, go to, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's see what pops up. And we'll see. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So you got Google hotel ads, right? right? That's like the top bucket with the pictures and the map. And then you have paid search. And Mm. this is consumer behavior, right? This is how people book travel. And we're not in the business of changing the consumer behavior. We're in the business of making sure that we show up as part of the consumer behavior. And so that's how we know that these are the channels we should focus on. We literally think about what's the customer journey. That's why that going back to that, like using your own product is really helpful and using it end to end from awareness through usage of the digital product, through usage of the physical product, through the operations piece. That's how we know. We we think about the customer journey and think about where are the channels in which the consumer is has intent for the product, and then we go we do that. And we go and we advertise in those channels. There's a, a similar thing for think about our pay card, for example. Well, where do people go to learn about credit cards or charge cards? Well, we go to like the points guy or other card affiliates like that, right? Nerd wallet. Mm. So it, it's again thinking about how do people learn about these things and being present in those channels. And then, by the way, a lot of testing and a lot of trying to figure out, like, is it working? Is it not? And being okay to abandon the things that aren't working. Yeah. You know, I have to get used to that and try to get to that point because I always want it to be effective from the jump. So I'm always like, what is the most effective channel? Let's go start with that. Yeah, I was a a management consultant for the first six years 
of my career. And we, there was like a saying, you have to be willing to kill your own, to kill your own like pieces of work. And by the way, that's like very common as a management consultant. You stay up all night, like doing something. And then the partner or the client is like, never mind, I don't want this or I don't want to do the meeting. And like, you, you really like had to be okay with that. This is the same thing. You have to go in knowing that you're looking for what works, but not be from a performance marketing perspective, not be super attached to any one thing. And then when it works, then you get attached and then you scale it and then you throw all your energy and effort behind it. But wait till it works. Yeah. I like it. I like how people are just teaching me how to say your name properly too. <laughs> Radika. <laughs> Listen, I think it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I appreciate that, Arvin. I, I, I literally respond to anything. <laughs> yeah. At a certain point, you're like, ah, budget. It's a waste of time trying to like get it. Miguel says, Hey, let's have a spooky show. Miguel, I was going to dress up, but I, you know, I thought I was trying to be more appropriate here. Elon thinks he's making Twitter a super app by then named it X. <laughs> That's what Mary says. Okay. We do have an ASO question from Ori. ASO question. Why does an app without rank ratings and without the keyword in its title rank higher than an app with ratings and the keyword in its title? So do you have any insight on this? So I wouldn't say I have insight on this particular question or if it pertains to super.com or not, I can't tell from Ori's question. But what I will say is ASO is a, is a focus of ours kind of probably, I think, going forward. I'd say we're going to pick it up in earnest in Q1. And it's really interesting, right? We started out as a travel company. We realized that then we had this great charge card that we could offer. Now we have all these earnings and savings opportunities. So it's, it's really interesting. What we're trying to figure out is what is the right messaging? What is the right creative? What are the right keywords to rank for? Because we have all these products. I have a hypothesis, a really strong hypothesis that I'm not disclosing here. And we are prioritizing from a capacity perspective. And as yep. soon as we get that minute, I am hoping that we prove that hypothesis right. But I am not going to be upset if we disprove it. What I will say is we've spent a lot of time and energy and effort thinking about the creative and A-B testing the creative that you see there. And we'll continue to do that. But we do have, we have a ways to go on ASO. Yeah, I like it. Anyway, that's like, that's, that's startup life. And that's <laughs> Ori, I think the, and I'm laughing because Arvind is just like, <laughs> he's trolling me. But the, so Ori, what I would say is sometimes they're running like incident campaigns, keyword install campaigns. So think about that. Like a lot of times what I've seen is if the keyword is low competition and we were able to do this running some magic too, but we had the keyword in the subtitle. We're able to get to number one because it's low competition enough. And with a little bit of incident traffic, you can get it to number one, despite like one app ranking, having more ratings or still having the title when all things are equal. You know, I feel like we can get any app into the top, let's say 10, any keyword into the top 10, depending on difficulty. But then once you get the top 10, it becomes a little bit more difficult. So if the keyword has low difficulty, I can probably get it up into number one with some campaigns too. That could be what's happening. I think what's interesting too, though, is like it's if the keyword has low difficulty, yeah. I think the spaces we're in cash advance, right? Like giving you money mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or travel or building credit. Lots of these aren't low difficulty spaces. Yeah. So really spending time, energy, and effort to figure this out is a key priority for us. But I'd say, you know, one step at a time. Yeah. We have one client who was ranking really well for like big terms and they were, their ASO wasn't that great because they were running so much UA and long as the keyword was in their title, they were ranking number two for that 
really competitive, really yeah. popular keyword because they're running a lot of user acquisition. And if you looked at their keyword, their subtitle wasn't very much optimized. It was all branding. And if you looked at their keyword field, it was just like random names and just didn't matter. And I was like, look, it shows you just sometimes it doesn't matter if you're running so much user acquisition, it, it really won't matter as much. Yeah. I also think this goes back a little bit to the conversation of should you be running user acquisition in the app store or should you be letting people choose the way that they want to experience your product and use your own channels to acquire users through yeah. your, for your app like that. That's still the bulk of our strategy for app acquisition is we're letting you, if you are self-selecting to go to the app store, to use the app, to download the app because we've proven value in some other channel. Great. But if not, we're letting you use the website. And I, I think that that's just, there's a reality that there's a right time and a right place to get users to download the app and paying works in some industries, like paying people to download first and then use, we're taking yeah. the other strategy, which is prove value, then ask you to download. Yeah. Yep. And you know, like I mean, maybe you guys did this too, but sometimes I, I hear ideas and I'm like, you know, you could probably prove that model out on the web, which would be a lot easier than trying to build an app and forcing people to go through the app and do everything else. Like, Take them to the web, like prove out your model on the web. It's built, easier to build. Yeah. And I wonder if that, that matters like industry by industry. So for yeah. example, like I use forward health for myself and one medical for my daughter. Those are app first companies, right? You can do nothing almost on the web. Uh, one medical might be improving on the web because it's now part of Amazon. But if that's the strategy they've taken on day one, because their product lends itself to that, like that, that makes sense. Our product is usable in both platforms. And so we want the user to choose. Yeah, I like it. Nurek says, Steve, indication. I'm having a hard time talking today <laughs> of keywords on App Store. How long does it take for a keyword to be indexed? Pretty soon. I don't think it needs that much. Long is, again, if it's super high competition, then you might might take a little bit longer. But if it's a low difficulty type of keyword, it won't take much. You'll you'll see it right on immediate impact. I mean, we even saw it one of our clients, we where we moved certain keywords to the title and then we went from like ranking 40 to like 10 just by moving the title. So it was pretty quick. And I knew that the keyword had traffic and low difficulty. So we were able to move it pretty quickly there. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> now, like in my head, Radhika, <laughs> anything I might have missed <laughs> that you want to cover before we get into the app audit side of the things? <laughs> Love it. Actually, you know what? I did want to ask you this. When you said when you were talking about eating your own dog food, why not get some random people to use your people? You know, the people do what do they do? There's focus groups. Mm -hmm. They do focus groups. So why not do a focus group instead of like forcing your employees to do this? Forcing your <laughs> forcing them. Yeah, I said forcing. <laughs> no, so we do. So when I what I mentioned before is we do two kinds of research. Number one, we do market research, which is often with random folks who, are, who do not use our product, but who are in our design target. Okay. And we do show them screens of the product, ask them how they feel. This is particularly helpful as we're designing or developing marketing or product copy or things like that. We also do user research. So we have a wonderful user research team that does exactly what you're talking about. They take existing users of the product and they test various things. They ask that group various questions. So we do this both with existing users as well as non sort of folks that could be customers, but may not be today. I see. I love it. Okay, cool. Let's get into the app audit side of our show. And we like to start off every app audit with some dad jokes.
All right, Radhika. Do you you want to start first or do you want me to go first? Do you have any dad jokes, by the way? <laughs> I don't have any dad jokes. Come on. I'm I'm very eager with, for yours though. If that okay. Happens. All right. I've got that ready to go. So I'm sure some some of you guys have dad jokes of your own. So if you want to battle me, let me know. I got a dad joke here. Why don't monsters eat ghosts? Yeah, why don't monsters eat ghosts? They taste like sheet. There you go. <laughs> I was right. a joke I could like tell my daughter since it's Halloween, but I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't, no, that's not a good one. No, I don't think so. She's three. <laughs> I don't know. No. All right. Well, we've got a Zaz, I think. Zaz Zap. He's got this app here. Installs an eCPM. So he wants more installs. And if you want one more plug, if you want us to take a look at your app in a future live stream, just go to appmasters.com slash audit. Okay. Any insights for Azaz? AZ, AZ. So I think that's Azaz. But like any insights for him to get more installs? Do you have? Steve, are you asking me or are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. I'm not asking Sorry. him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, just to be clear. Okay, so right now you're, are you sh- you're showing us the Google Play Store? Yeah, this is his, his app. Yeah, so I think the, the first thing I would just want to know is more about what the company does. And mm. is there a way to showcase that more prominently up front. I think that that tends to be really important. It'll also be interesting to know who they're targeting for the ramp car stunt GT racing. I'm clearly not their target customer. (laughs) (laughs) But for someone who is, does someone know what that is? Is that, is whatever, like, is that a reason to download an app? So I think really understanding who the target customer is, what their intent is at the moment in which they see this, which we've been talking a lot about. And then being real clear about what does the company do and what does the product do? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And what I would say is like with games, sometimes you need an ad based user acquisition channel, meaning like you have to pay for downloads, especially if you're going to be on Android. What I would try to do is run some Google app install campaigns to get some more downloads. I just think with ASO, if you're trying to look for free traffic, like unless it's like car games or car racing games, it's going to be harder for you to rank for these keywords, given there's a ton of like apps already out there. So I like to do like what I like to do, and you might get some trademark infringement, but like try to find something like a keyword or a a type of car that may not have an app, right? Like when people are searching for it, like, so maybe Porsche or Jaguar, things like that. And then try to leverage that brand to for your ASO because they tend to have traffic and very little competition. And then A-B test your icon. I think icons are super important on Google Play versus iOS. And if you can, as you can see, a lot of the, you have, I see the back of the car, but if I'm looking up, just say car racing games, I see like the front of the car and the coolness of a car versus just you, like it's like going away your icon. And so I would try to A-B test that as much as possible. And maybe if you have stunt in the title, like maybe show a car doing a stunt versus just like driving right here. Steve, I think the other thing is, yeah. full disclosure, go up, scroll up again. Sure. If I'm only looking at the hero image, I'm going to be like fully honest. What I actually thought this was, was a real life thing, not a game. I didn't realize that until I looked down. I'm like, oh, Formula One, something cool to do with stunts and cars. So I, yeah. I think with all of the hype around in-person real life car racing, right. making it like using like 
non-illustrated, non-game looking creative as a header actually may not work in your favor. Because if you go back to sort of all the other, when you were searching for games, looks like, like a lot of the icons and a lot of the creative actually looks like a video game. And you can see that and tell that here. I, I couldn't see that and tell that. Right. That's a good insight. It does look like a real car. Yeah, I like it. What I would also say is because you had mega car or mega ramp, you know, kind of look at the keywords that are autofill. So here, let me pull up everything here. Move some things around. So here I see mega ramp and I see mega ramp game. Whoops. Mega ramp car jumping so that might be a better keyword to go after versus mega ramp car what do you have stunt so which is lower in the down here but that's what i would start thinking about and if people are looking for car jump show car jumping there you go let's get into the game a little bit we got some jokes okay let's see i'm gonna pick mayor <laughs> sam's got a joke attica can a kangaroo jump higher than our house? I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say <laughs> a house can't jump. There you go. That's worthy of my daughter. I'll take that one. Okay, we got another one. Yeah. Another. What do you get when you cross a vampire and a snowman? Ooh, do tell. A frostbite. <laughs> there you go. All right, now <laughs> let's get into it. I can't play anything yet. It's just going. So I don't know where the start is. All I see is an ad and the car is going. How do I play this game? Oh, it's a video ad. Man. Okay. Look, I have no data on this. What I do have data on is you probably don't want to show me a video ad right on first open. There's a thing called app open ads that you might want to deploy after the first open, but definitely not on the first open. I wouldn't do it if I were you. What we have seen work really well if you're trying to make money on the first open is give users a bonus. I have zero coins. Give me 20 coins or something. Give me some coins and then allow me. It's like, well, here's some bonus coins for you to get started. Cool. Thank you. And then that next screen would be like, you want to double it and watch a video? Sure. Most people will do that or a good portion of your users will do that. And that's a way to still show me a video ad, but like not force it. We have seen that work for other clients, but yeah, like right here, you're already giving away free coins. Oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Let's go back. Okay. I'm going to assume the gameplay is good. So I'm going to stop on this just for our time's sake. Cool. Let's get into the next app, Radica, a little bit. I have to slow it down, right? It's Radica. <laughs> All right. My parents be so happy if they, if they hear you pronounce my name. <laughs> Who will be happy? My parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. All right. Marwan's got this wise budget. He did put in here. He just wants us to focus more on the ASO side of things. We've got more jokes down here. I love it. <laughs> oh, I thought he was saying like no more jokes. Just like, <laughs> yeah, that's probably what he's saying too. <laughs> We're just here for the jokes. He says, I may not be able to watch live, but I would appreciate you focus more on how to increase the number of downloads for the wise budget app. I mean, ASO. Okay, cool. Anything that you can see on this end? Here's the app store presence. I'm trying to read. So I'll, I'll say the one thing is I'm like, this is a relatively, this is relatively large on my screen and I'm literally like leaning forward trying to read it. Part of that is because I'm blind. That's, it's not easy. What I'm part of what I'm getting at is the creative oh, is like this one. colored. So like wise budget is right. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think that might just be part of it. Think about how clear you can be. So someone can read this, this fast. Yeah. I think budgeting and spending easily know your tr 
know your trending spending. Oh, trending spending, it rhymes. I, I think that there's a question in my mind that what can you say here that is truly differentiated from all of the other budgeting apps out there? I, I wonder if we went to like Mint and a couple of others, if they would sure. say something very similar. And also all, quite frankly, like your bank apps. So like all of your bank apps, Chase, Bank of America, et cetera, they all offer this type of tool. So why this thing? Yeah. Um, I think that's a really critical thing we have to convince people of from the get-go, ideally in the first screen. Yeah, I like it. Actually, this is like interesting to look at, right? So far fewer words. Look at this, right? Like just what do they do in like eight words? And larger images. The two-screen image I think is like really popular right now. You can see I I believe we have the same thing. It it tends to perform really well. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you a lot of these things. Sorry, do you have anything else you want to add on? No, you you go. Go ahead. Yeah, no. So here's what we found. Like lead with whatever you're trying to target, whatever keyword. So if it's budgeting, right, there it is. Budget, budget. And you guys have this save and earn all in one place, right? Like it is the main thing that people are searching for. And if that's what you're trying to rank for, show it. Have some social proof, right? You see all the trust pilot, download for free, save 50%. Let's go to Mint. Well, Mint's a little bit different. We have seen that social proof. And I love what you said. Radica is the, what makes you different, right? That's how I like to do it. First, first screen, show them what they're, what they're searching for. They're like, oh, I get it. This is what you do. Make sure they trust you by showing some social proof and then surprise them. Like, oh, you didn't expect this, or this is what makes us different. This is what I was seeing in the market that wasn't there and have that as a first three. Cause the first three are shown in the search results. So I feel like they're the most important for you to really try to optimize. Yeah. I, I think that is really the crux. What are you trying to do? Yeah. Make sure a customer knows that within like the, you know, one to two seconds, something you said about social proof, I think is really interesting. It's even more important for companies like ours, like super.com, but I'm yeah, assuming sure. for wise budget as well for someone like mint, people kind of know what mint is. They kind of trust it. It's been around longer. It's got a great brand, you know, or rather it's got great brand recognition, right? So people know what it is. I think the social proof is less relevant for them potentially because it's well-trusted and and really important for a company like ours and maybe for wise budget as well. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So what I would also do is obviously let's look at it and I'm going to assume Marwan that you've already optimized Spanish Mexico. Okay. So he is optimizing the Spanish Mexico localization and having different keywords and different titles that works out. I think from an ASO standpoint, look, here's what I feel the, you're going to really have to do a lot of keyword research. You have a lot of great reviews, a thousand plus. So do a lot of keyword research. If you're not ranking well for any good keywords, then think about changing it. My philosophy in building apps, and this is what we're doing with all our, all our apps, is just going all in on the primary keyword, on the niche keyword. long as there's about 30 plus traffic score, going all in on that keyword. And then like not even caring about the brand. So I'm just kind of like going into whatever the keyword is. So if this is going to be budget app, I would just call it budget app. Cause then, you know, it sort of helps with SEO as well, given that there's keyword volume, my past guest a couple of weeks ago, podcast app from Martin. So it helps with SEO, helps with ASO, helps with all that stuff. And so if you're purely trying to play the ASO game, find the keyword that you really want to rank for, and then just go all in on that keyword. But you can see budget or budgeting pretty 
big competitors out here that you're trying to deal with. So I like to try to, maybe it's money counter because you have it in the Spanish Mexico title. Maybe you move that to the U S title instead of going after budget or track spending. So. Yeah. I think something you just said, Steve is really important. It is, it goes back to what your goal is. Like if your goal is use the app store as a channel to drive downloads only, not as a billboard for what your brand and product is, then mm-hmm. optimize your ad or your presence there for that goal. And that's actually one of the things we're thinking about as well. If the app store is simply a channel to drive downloads, what our creative looks like, what it says, that's going to be really different if, than if right now what we're doing is we're much more holistic. We talk about super.com as a whole. That may change and that may change quickly, but I think it's, it goes back to what is the goal of the placement in the app store and what are you trying to accomplish? And then making sure that every effort you put into that really lines up to the outcome of that goal. I love it. I love it. And by the way, it's very hard to do all things, right? This is what we were talking about before. So it is okay if you sacrifice your brand name, if you don't, you know, say the name and the keyword, for example, because that's not what's going to drive the outcome. Yeah. Like I was trying to find track spending as 21. So you want to try to find some things that are more in the 30 range. And I know these might be super competitive budget tracker, but I've also known what I've also noticed too, is if you, here, let me pull up my phone for you guys. If you lead with the main keyword, that you want to target, you can start showing up in the autofill results. So if I were calling it, you know, budget tracker, then just showing up on here does drive downloads. So now there's budget, the car rental. Let's see budget app. Is that a car rental? Nope. That's good. What if I put budget? Oh, wow. (laughs) Sorry, budget car rental. (laughs) That's interesting. Okay. So budget might be good, but here, like you, you start showing up and one of right here, like money coach, Okay, that's not showing up. It does drive downloads. So that will be helpful for you, Marwan. But that also just it's how competitive the word budget is. Yeah. Right? right. Like just and by the way, very different industries. Yep. Well. Yeah, we, we launched an app and we were able to rank it pretty to show up in the auto fill suggestions pretty quickly, just like because it's low competition, it had traffic. And so if you lead if track spending is your thing track spending just lead with it Let's see a rise budget so you do show up here there you go boom here we go good job more one all right let's get into the app real quick love it yeah that's that multi-count currencies i like it manage your debt let's start i wonder how interesting multi-account currency is to people and how unique that could be that's yeah unique but i don't I, that's know. better than what he has on the search screenshot currently yeah, it, it depends if that's interesting to his customer. Right. Um, but if it is, that is that I think that's unique based on yeah. limited knowledge. Yeah. I mean, you're saying things that I would expect from a budget app anyways. So like show me something that I wouldn't expect okay. is my that's philosophy. Oh, what am I doing? I guess using a spreadsheet. All the above. Which feature would you? Oh, I like that. Which feature would you like to see next? Ah, that's, that's kind of nice. cool. Yeah, I like that. Like choose your own adventure. What's IQD? I don't know what currency that is. No understanding. I see US dollars. I see a bunch of US, but I'm like, I don't know which one to pick. <laughs> actually. Which one? See USD. It's like halfway down the street. Yep, below uh, BTF. Yeah, there's USD right here. Oh, right here. This one. Okay. There we go. It's a welcome. challenge when we don't know which currency to choose. I know. Okay. And then he has the 
Anything on the paywall that you want to, I'm on an older iPhone. So just keep that in mind. I think one thing is like, what is the difference between these? Right. So why would I pick one versus the other? Save 37%, save 20. Like, I think it's interesting. So the order must be optimized for a reason, right? They must do yeah. one, twelve, six for a reason. Yep. Yeah. I think, I wonder if the save should be in a different color. Cause it's, it, I like, didn't see why one versus the other for a while. It's, I, yeah. I wonder about the order too. There's probably, there's gotta be logic to that. Like someone I'm sure very much thought about that. I don't mind it. I've been saying that, you know, like I like to have three, three plans have the highest conversion rates and then the, well, the middle one usually. Yeah. Typically you're going to want to pick the middle one. I would try to jack up the monthly one. We are starting, I'm testing one of our apps. We're starting to finally make money with this app, but like I'm trying monthly lifetime and yearly. And then right now I've made them lifetime and yearly pretty much very similar in pricing. It's like 10 bucks, but eight bucks for the yearly 10 bucks for lifetime and then eight bucks for yearly. And I wanted to test that. And we are finding most people buying the lifetime, but then we are finding that some people are buying the monthly, which I'm like, why? Like, don't, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I would jack up the monthly. And then one of the interesting tests I want to run in the future is where the monthly price, I saw this in the zero app that that video is going to come out soon, but where their monthly was like the first month was three ninety nine, and it renews at the yearly price. And I thought that was an interesting way of doing it. So I want to test that strategy as well, but everything else, like, you yeah. know, I've been saying for a while, long paywalls perform better and he yeah. does have this too. I don't really, like, this is just me as a consumer. Like what does yeah. unlimited mean? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would say like start free trial or continue yeah. or some get started. Start. But go unlimited. Something that I yeah can understand. But I do know that this like, one, you know, having trials does increase sales and conversions. Ultimately, yeah. you're gonna end up making more money with trials. For most of the apps that we work with, trials does end up getting you in more money. So think about having a trial on just and the way I've been doing it, doing it only on the plan that you want people to be on. So if it's going to be yearly, then just put the seven day, three day trial on the yearly and no other plan has a trial. So you get money right then and there. Okay. That's it on my end. Cool. Or he says, Radhika, I am in the middle of creating a landing page for my app. Hope it works. It will, Ori. We have faith in you. <laughs> and then why do skeletons have low self-esteem? I like this one a lot. This one's a winner. I need, I need some help. They have nobody to love. <laughs> All right. Or he says, I've been struggling with ASO for a long time. Low organic. I'm pretty sure I've tried everything. What would you suggest? Or the, you know, I'm doing an ASO workshop. It is really hard. The only thing I would say is keep working on it, man. You just have to do a lot of keyword research and find the right keyword. So it's a time, right? Like this is different than like a paid search campaign where you have like yeah. a seven day testing window. This takes Time. Yeah, and you need to know a little bit of the tricks out there. But here, dude, I'll just show you this, Ori. It's one of our apps. Look, it's not a lot of money, but I, I, I'm pretty proud of it because you can see it was making, and I, I can pull back a lot more, but it was making no money. And then one ASO change, it's finally making money. And so we should hit above a thousand for the month of October, but like it's, it's finally hitting. So Keep at it, bro. And I didn't change anything but the ASO. No new features, no nothing. Just the ASO did the things that we do. And then we were able to finally get it going. So that's the hard part, finding the right keywords because everything is pretty much, you know, taken. All right. Let's see. 
For ASO, does Apple give more weight to either number of reviews or ratings or all the same? What have you experienced? No, go ahead. Like, I don't think so. I think it really depends on the keyword. I think eventually, if all things are equal, I don't think ratings are going to tip the scale. For one of our apps, we rank better, even though we both have in the title and it's the leftmost on the title, we rank better for this keyword versus the competitor, just because I know a little bit more probably than the competitor. So like, I don't think it matters as much as you might think the the ratings. It's just, it may maybe keeps you higher, right? Like if you can get to the top, it keeps you there. It won't get you to the top though. So that's, that's the way I feel about it. Okay. I think I am good. One month, one year, one week has the best conversion rates in that order. I actually agree with that. I think that's how I would do it. It's one month, one year, one week would be the way to do it. And whereas the month becomes the decoy and people will select either the the yearly plan or the cheapest plan, which is going to be the week. And the week has a higher LTV than the month. So that's how we've been doing it recently, Five Live too, with our new apps. I just learned something. All right. That's cool. Great. Marwan said, thank you. Thank you to Steve and Radika. You gave me some good tips. And then Steve always flexing that graph. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. I'm proud of it, man. Okay, cool. Erika, anything I miss that you want to make sure we cover before we say goodbye? No, I just want to say thank you so much for making time for me. And thank you for the wonderful dad jokes, some of which I can now go and tell my daughter and look like a hero and look like someone who's funny, even though I'm not. I just appreciate the time. (laughs) That's awesome. So go check out super.com if you want to save some money, get a cash advance, or save, book a travel event. Super.com it is. That, that's the website. And then go to Super. If you just search for Super on your favorite app store, you'll find Super.com as well. And Radhika, if the audience wants to connect with you in any other way, do you want to send them anywhere else? Yeah, they can just uh, head to my LinkedIn and send me a DM and I'm pretty active there. So I'll be happy to. Awesome. Well, that is linked up into our your favorite podcast app if you're listening to the audio version and the YouTube description as well. And you can say thank you for to Radhika for all the insights she provided. Next week, we're going to have Charlie from Revenue Cat on to, to break down all the paywalls, all subscription revenues. He is an indie app developer as well, along with being a developer advocate for Revenue Cat. So we're going to break down like what are the metrics you should be looking for, what type of paywall styles are working well, all that. Every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, stay tuned on this very channel. Attica, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thank you guys for watching. I'll see you on the next video. Bye. Have a good weekend. Tired of overpaying for App Store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.